Master of One Podcast, and you can find me at andrew-heath.com. Welcome to another Sandbox episode of the Master of One Podcast. This week, we talk to freelance illustrator and senior art director at Time Magazine, Martin G. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So clean off those coffee tables, because it's time to lay down another issue. Copy is locked. episode we're excited to talk to somebody whose work we stumbled across not too long ago on instagram we connected through there got to talking invited him on the show ladies and gentlemen we talked to freelance illustrator and senior art director at time magazine ladies and gentlemen welcome martin g to the show Martin. thanks for having me thanks for being here so like i knew that it was martin g right because i've known that for a bit, but then right before we started, Patrick made a comment about calling you Martin Gee, and as I was saying G in my head while I was doing it, I thought, oh no, I'm saying the wrong name. I'm saying the wrong name. So for me, <laughs> you just remember OMG. That's his, that's oh, his handle, yeah. OMG. That makes it easier. Yeah. I mean, I knew it before anyway. Patrick is the one who instilled the mustard <laughs> seed of I'm doubt. I'm trying to help I Patrick think right pe- now. People want to say geek because they see the G-E-E, they just want to put mm-hmm. a K at the end. Sure. Or, that's right. I might pronounce um, gift wrong, so I, I'm, I might, I'm, not, I'm, I'm one of those. Whoa, so. let's not even, that, we'll spend an hour <laughs> talking about that. Don't get Patrick started on that. All right, um, so Martin, uh, yes. give everybody a quick Wikipedia page of who you are and what you do and, and how you got to, to be doing that. Oh, man. Okay, so I am currently a senior art director at Time Magazine. Um, let's see, <laughs> It's like a quick resume. Um, I went. I grew up in San Jose, California. Majored in illustration after doing pre-med biology for four years. You know, my parents were like, "Be a doctor." <laughs> and then um, I just went through newspapers. Um, went to Orange County Register, um, L.A. at House of Blues, Chicago Tribune. Then I went back to town, the San Jose Mercury News, where I interned and where my hometown paper was, was which was super visual and very like. Um, um, you know, inspiring and kind of influential, you know, and then got laid off, went up to Portland, Oregon for a small business magazine. Then the Boston Globe calls me. And then I went to the Huffington Post that got me to New York. And then now at Time Magazine. Um, yeah, that's pretty my, my career. <laughs> So that's a that's a um, lot of impressive names, though. Right. Well, that's like, that's what I was thinking. I think you like you kind of you kind of rambled them off in kind of this like anecdotal order, and I'm sitting here going, "Well, crap! I want to talk about that. Well, I want to talk about that. Wait a minute, we need to talk about this. <laughs> so, we could do like uh, a six hour podcast or something. <laughs> I think our listeners would hate that, but I would love it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, man. So so it sounds like from maybe after the four years of medical uh, focus, you started focusing on like the journalistic, you know, mm-hmm. arena at least. Yeah. What is it about, um, 
working with publications, oh, we'll just call it publications, mm-hmm. uh, that draws you to it? What is it about that field that that is um, something that that excites you? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a print, a print person. Mm. Um, even yesterday, I went to a magazine conference and came back with a bag of goodies, um, a stack of New York Times magazines. Um, then I got, I subscribed to some, like a, some indie magazines, one about uh, called Anxi about mental health, and it's beautifully designed and comes from a different point of view. And I think just the whole j- journalistic stuff is just, you know, it's even more important today with like all fake news and truth and lying and the sky's blue, the sky's green. It's just all like everything's upside down right now. And it's kind of, I don't know, kind of an important thing to me. Uh, truth, facts, social justice, truth to power, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I, not and then just as from a designer, like, I'm sorry. I was going to say, so not just like as like layout, like print layout, but you, you mean just the, the mechanism of journalism. Oh, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that, what I do is just one single part of it. I mean, I, I kind of like make it look pretty. I make it um, digestible for the reader. I mean, if you look at some of the, like a, like a, it's like a, straight, it's like a straight up book, it's like solid text, but I'm breaking it with a drop cap or a pull quote, the pacing of the photo. I work with a photo editor on that. It's just this, we're creating this really nice experience, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm strictly a print guy. I'm not doing web anything. I'm not doing anything on the web. Um, I kind of mess around with animation here and there, but that's, mm-hmm. I'm still print. And it's kind of a weird, rare thing, I think. I think there is something, uh, at least for me, that I can resonate with that, which is when you're creating something that's tangible, something that people can touch and they can hold and they can flip through, um, that maybe it's this idea that it's something that they have control of. You know, like mm-hmm. they can they can p- put it in their bag. They can read it at will. They can do whatever they want with it. Um, they could use it as a coaster, you know, if they yeah. want to. And it's it's something that they can own. And even though there's no risk of a pop up, yeah, there's no risk <laughs> of a pop up. Yeah, that's that's it true. Is, it doesn't crash, right? And and even in this world where everything is downloadable, um, and you can purchase something. If you lose your hard drive, you've lost whatever that thing is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know yeah. we have the cloud or whatever, but the print world is kind of one of the last vestiges where you can own something and truly mm-hmm. feel like you're you're owning it. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. I mean, I, I like to, to my left is just all my books. Like I have like the art of fill in the blank, you know, and I have annuals and yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's not just print. It's just like even people are going back to records and, you know, MP3s was a weird thing when I found it. That was when those first came about. So it's kind of, I don't know, people want the analog back, you know? Yeah. It, there's so, there's something about analog that's super, it it feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, even like we were saying like the tangible stuff, I mean, you could hold the record the artwork is 12 by 12 inches as opposed to 12 pixels by 12 pixels. Right. So it's kind of like you're, you're back to a different, different time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what does it feel like or what, what was maybe, maybe this is a better way to ask that question. What did it feel like the first time you saw your work in print? Like, was it, I mean, you've, you've been working in print for a while, but mm-hmm. correct. that, that moment where it was like, I want to, I want my work, I want to work in print and then for it to actually happen. 
how much time was that and and what is it what does it feel like and are do you still get those feelings or are you just kind of jaded to it now oh no not jaded at all um i still it's still kind of crazy to see my name in a magazine that's 2.5 million copies you know yeah but the to go way way back is it was as actually kind of a selfish thing that kind of got me into newspapers and journalism was when I was in college, I approached the school paper just to be published. Mm-hmm. That was my goal. My, my only goal, just have something in the paper, sure. you know, cause I thought, Oh, that's cool. And then they were looking for editorial cartoonists. Then I go, oh, okay, I'll try that for a semester. Then I did for two semesters. Then I got involved with the advertising side of the newspaper yeah. and like learning Quark or, and Illustrator, Photoshop back in the day. And then I just got sucked into the paper on the other side of the room and just fell in love with it. I mean, so from going from pre-med to zoology to art, illustration, I just fell in love with design too. So after that, I was so obsessed with typography and layout. And it was like a whole new world. Mm. And Oh, at the, t- at the time, I was in school in the 90s. So there was this Reagan magazine that was just super super influential. Uh-huh. Um, you see, like, design is very Swiss, Helvetica, you know, clean. But this sure. was, like, aggressive, emotional, like, Jackson Pollock of design or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's very visceral and aggressive. Um, and beautiful in its own way, you know? It's like beauty in the chaos. Sure. Um, so now it's like, I'm, it's kind of like the opposite of Reagan. At that time, it's just like this institution, iconic red border, you know. So yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah was, so I was, want. Oh, good. Well, I was just gonna say I want. I want to know. I want to know about that because you. You talk about the. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said the Boston Globe, right? Correct. And then you went from there, and you. Uh, I'm just. I'm now. I'm the blanking. Huffington Post. Huffington Post. Yeah. Right. You're now. I you're was, now. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, just, yeah, uh, I, I want to hear. I just want to hear the the kind of the the chronological timeline of that, uh-huh. and kind of interject into that. What's different, kind of quintessentially different about each of those publications that oh you gosh. had to adapt to as you went to these each or each of these organizations? Um, Boston Globe is, is another institution. It's one of those top ten papers I would probably work for in, in the country, like Washington Post, New York Times. Boston Globe, Chicago Tribune, like the, the the majors, you know, like the LA Times and stuff like that. Um, if you guys watch Spotlight, that's what I yeah. think about. When I think yeah, of sure. the Globe. It's yeah. just holy beep, you know, like just remarkable journalism. And the funny thing is, the editor that that then was Marty Baron, and he went to the uh, Washington Post and doing killer work there too. And just like I'm saying, it's just we. It's, this is important to have newspapers around to do this journalism. Yeah. And I'm just happy to be a part of it just to make, you know, I'm, I'm this, the weird kid drawing a cat on a page, you know, because it's, because the story was too short or something. And I'm Uh working with these legendary journalists and photographers. Like even today I got my photo, photo taken by, um, shoot, what's his name? Peter, Dang it! I have to look at my. Uh, I got you. I got you because I was going to ask you about it. <laughs> Peter, it's uh, Peter Happick. Oh, yes, Hapik. and it was crazy. I I have I still have my I still have a little bit of makeup on, and it's he shot our Time One Hundred, and that's like one of our big um, 
is it a brand thing? Is it it's part of our brand? It's part of our events. So like yeah. that's, a, that's like a big deal, you know. And we're like person of the year, time one hundred, like best inventions or most influential on the internet. We have these little things throughout the year, which is like a right. double issue. And he shot the covers and the the intro to every section, like Titans, artists, um, what's the other ones? Leaders. So it's, and it was crazy to have him shoot random me (laughs) while he, while he shot, while he shot JLo, you know? Yeah. And it was, I felt weird. I I, had two assistants doing the lights and the cameras are now hooked up to laptops. They could see the photos instantly and adjust lighting and, he he was shooting me with a hassle. What's that? Oh, Hasselblad. Yes, Hasselblad. And I go, I want one now. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like looking downward, walking in and out of my face, and just. And then, I got to look at. I, I saw like two of the photos. I go, Oh my god, you make me look so good. And that's so <laughs> rare. I am the most unphotogenic person, <laughs> and I have all this all this like neck fat or you know. Like, get back, J Lo. So the Stand reason back. why I. Lately, I've been just drawing cartoon versions of myself. Yeah. And I do that instead of having a photo on my Twitter, you know, or my, a photo on my Facebook, you know. I bet you'll have this, uh, this, this, this Peter Happick yeah. shot oh. on your. <laughs> yeah. Um, I emailed my, the photo editor who was um, putting this all together, like, oh my God, I, can I just buy every, every photo and use it forever? And yeah, it was. Does time so Crazy. here's like a, a logistical <laughs> question then that's just maybe a little off track, but Yeah, yeah, go go for it. Do do you have to license that from them to be able to use it? Is that property of Time magazine? Oh hmm. Okay, I worked with another photographer before and she photographed me for another for a book for a um, design annual for, for mm-hmm. um SPD, the Society for of Publication Designers. And I just emailed her and Okay, this this is also includes me as an illustrator. You can you get a fee for like first first usage or first rights, and sure. right. technically the photographer and the illustrator holds the copyright. Yep. They, so they they own that image of me. So I think Peter, whatever he whatever arrangement he has with Time, that's what they're working out. Mm-hmm. And I could probably just use that photo for my social media and maybe if i ha- if i need a headshot for a conference or something maybe yeah. i can ask them if, if i could use that so you or still just, have to go through time or, yeah or just use my cartoon <laughs> just use yeah. my illustration. Yeah. Just you, have a, you have a good fallback at least that's good yeah yeah so what does uh what does progression look like in uh in your industry what as long as you've been doing it and moving through these different publications uh what what does uh progression look like for you in a uh in a, you know, to me as an outsider, seemingly in in a uh, medium that isn't changing very quickly. I think the funny thing is that this conference I went to yesterday, it's, this is always brought up. I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know who coined this originally, saying print is dead. They've been saying yeah. that for the past 20, 30 years, and we're still around. But the thing is that at this conference, there are magazines, brand new magazines being made out of love and passion, and then there are some magazines getting closed so even even the like the big corporate ones like details is gone um interview just closed last week um some inside baseball on us we we might be sold in a month so what happened was we were we were formerly time inc mm-hmm. so it was like i was like people 
Entertainment Weekly, Real Simple, mm-hmm. Fortune Money, Time, and all that. So a company in the Midwest, Meredith, bought us. They were more uh, lifestyle women mag- women's magazines, like Rachel Ray, Family Circle, stuff like that. Sure. So they bought us with the help of the Koch brothers. And then my understanding is that they don't know how to deal with the weeklies. They're more interested in the monthlies and like the shape and the health and all that stuff. So we're on the, we're, we're for sale. <laughs> so if you guys want to like get a big sale together, you guys can just <laughs> buy time. And I, so not yeah. for nothing. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade stand. There you go. We're going to really need the patrons to step it up yeah, uh, right. for yeah. this next month. <laughs> yeah. So there's rumors going around. Like it might be like some billionaire, like the same way the Washington post got bought. Sure. You know, or even like the Boston Globe, they were bought by someone, a former Red Sox player. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, there, we just have the progression. It's weird. But, but like it's, the progression <laughs> for you, though, within that. Oh, I mean, oh, like, as, that. yeah, like so as as you're I mean, I'm sure your style is shifting and changing and mm-hmm. your approach. I mean, you mentioned uh, seeing something that was so visceral and, and real and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. raw. And then um you know, as the the last, you know, as your career has progressed, how has how has that shifted? That maybe I, as an outsider, may oh, not notice, yeah. or uh, or what direction is it shifting now that that you're kind of seeing in the work that you're producing? Oh man, I think this is this is the cleanest I've ever been. Like my work is just very structured and clean. I think it's also the way time looks. You know, is the time has a certain look. We have a certain demographic. Sure. Um, we're not, we're not wired. We're not Esquire. We're not Bon Appetit. You know, it's, it's, I'm just like rattling off magazines, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess, God, I think the progression is like my, my maturity, mm. you know, I think when I was like, so that, that Reagan magazine was start, was designed by David Carson, who was like a former professional surfer, um, wasn't formally trained in design, so he was just like making sh- stuff up. And I think when I was when I was younger, that was me. Like that was more like the grunge and deconstructed type and stuff like that. And I think I just I evolved through the yeah. years. And luckily, it will still have been, have been employed somehow. Um, well, and does and that in, a, in, oh, in, illustra- in my in my illustration work too? In school, I was very, I was strictly analog. Um, I was using Illustrator, but not. To the, to the way I, where I'm using it now. And I was doing like watercolor, inks, and old school drawing and painting. And then after college, I was doing like this dark Photoshop stuff. So I, I was just kind of going through this thing where I guess I'm responding to the technology too and adapting. And then later I started doing the vector art stuff. And I was looking at, early on in the mid-2000s, I was looking at, Chip Wass, um, Julie West, and the roster of vector illustrators have kind of has increased tremendously now. And I'm looking at all kinds of people and going, oh my gosh, you're doing this stuff with math and shapes. And um, yeah, yeah, now, now my stuff is flat and cute. So it's kind of weird. So uh, ha- then how does the pressure of, because I mean, you're, I mean, all the time, I think you hear people talk about how print is dead and that's the uh-huh. thing going out. H- how does that um, attitude or that external pressure affect the work that you're doing uh, day in and day out? We just try to do the best product, make the best product we can. Um, recently, we did a whole entire issue on, on the opioid crisis. 
And I, I wasn't I wasn't involved, but when I opened it, I go, oh my gosh, there's no ads. The yeah. first page, you open the cover, and it's like it's just a black spread that's mostly just black ink, and it goes boom, boom, opioid crisis, and there's a little mission statement or intro about what you're going to see, and uh, I think we just have to re- do the best work we can. Um, even when we got sold, we were just told keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think with the that opioid issue, we had James Noctway. He's like a famous uh, conflict war photographer uh-huh. going around in the country documenting this. So he's been to places where things blow up, people get shot, and he's now photographing stuff in our backyard, you know? Yeah, and, so. and so what it feels like to me, and this is probably true in, in any business or maybe should be true in, in every business is regardless of what's happening with technology, regardless of what's happening with culture, um, we'll, we'll say culture around you. Uh, in this case, it's technology kind of taking over and the idea or the mindset is that print is no longer, is now, you know, antiquated, right? That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the general feeling that regardless of what the overarching feeling or what the objections may be, continue to push your art and continue to push your work forward the best you can and good work, regardless of the method, regardless of the means, regardless of the the mechanic, gets rewarded by being able to stay in business. Yeah, it's it's just amazing that I even have, I get I get paid to do this. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah, and the thing is, you know, like I think with print, going back to like records, people want to have somebody want to hold that, and like people have collections of National Geographic at home. You see like a stack of yellow, a big yellow column. Um, I think I'm straying off from your, from your, from your well, question. Well, here's, <laughs> well, here's a question that I have. This is like, yeah. this is off topic slightly. No, no um, we were having this conversation within our discord family channel about people who collect blue, like who still collect Blu-rays or DVDs and have a mm-hmm. library of physical DVDs. And yeah. there were some people who were saying, why do you purchase physical DVDs anymore? Why not just get the download or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Are you a, a DVD or Blu-ray library guy or are you a no, digital guy? Not anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm digital now. Um, I think, wait, I, so it's, it's weird because at first, I was so interested in the DVDs and making a collection. And then when I had to move to New York, growing up in the suburbs and moving to New York, you really have to change your mindset. You have to and edit. When, I, when I moved to this apartment, I had to really purge. So now I keep only like the, my favorites or special box sets that I can never get anywhere else. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm strictly digital now with music and movies. So but think, strictly think, print when it comes to magazines. <laughs> oh yeah, Just, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and even like all my all my books, you know, I th- I think you get to pick and choose what you want to be what. Right. You know, someone can like some even like DJs. DJs use Final Scratch, or they just, they just use two rec- two records. Plug it up to your laptop. You have your whole library on your decks. And for my art books, I need to have it in print. I need to have yep. this. That's a really Same. good point that I ne- had never really thought about 
in, it's this idea that technology doesn't force a new method. It gives us options. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, a that's yeah. a different mindset that I don't think people typically talk about when this conversation is happening. They're saying, oh, that's you're either using old and antiquated technology or you're using new and and cutting edge technology or you are ironically using old things like in the hipster movement, right? Like mm-hmm. you're using old things for the sake of them being old and trying to hold on to something. But I think there's this, this a, a really good kind of middle ground, which is technology has now afforded us options. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good kind of mindset for that. Yeah, even with technology, I'm still, I remember like there was like MP3s and then AC3 now or something. And uh-huh. things get more like high quality or something. And then, but you're, at least it's, at least your device still plays it. And I worry about like my T, like I don't even have a TV anymore, but when I did, I had like a 720p and there's like 1080p, there's 4K. I mean, what the heck? I don't even know what the heck this is. <laughs> so, and then, but also then your, your digital files change too. So you're able to get standard H, high def and then this 4K. So there's, it's all that too that kind of like freaks me out. Sure. It's not freaking me out, but it's just kind of like, oh, another thing to it's, do. It's overload. You know, like, it's overload of, of uh, progression almost. You know, it's hard yeah, to stay it's too much. current. <laughs> it's yeah. too fast. It, and it is progressing inc- like rapidly, mm-hmm. seemingly. Like it's just getting very, very quick. Things are becoming old or old method m- in a much shorter amount of time. Or, but then oh. some, dis- some things disappear too. I mean, I think – so when I went to the Huffington Post, I was hired to, to work on their iPad magazine. So iPads were like, oh, this is going to revolutionize print yeah. and da-da-da. Nobody wants this kind of not a thing anymore. You you don't want to spend put a gig of content on your on your tablet and then have it be full. You know, um, what what other technologies kind of come and gone? Oh, oh yeah, three D TVs. Is that a thing still? So yeah, I am right. not. Yeah. There's actually I think there's actually brands that are phasing them out already. Yeah. I know theater. A lot of theaters are starting to phase out 3D technology as well. So no, it, I don't it is, yeah, I don't even watch movies yeah. in 3D because I remember. Yeah, me either. What was it? Okay, like Last Jedi. I saw it. I saw it two times in one night when it came out, and then I saw it again in 3D. And go, oh, it's so dark. I don't. Right. Yeah. I remember all the details and the other other scenes. I'm going. Oh my gosh, this is such a different. And I'm paying more for this too. Yeah, <laughs> paying more for a less quality. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so I want the novelty is worn off. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, for sure. And it's yeah. it's because it's just changing so rapidly. You stop caring. Um, but I I want to talk now about your role at Time and just kind sure. of maybe break down what is your role day to day and. Sure, How has yeah. it changed since you've been there? Because this is the longest you said before wow. we started recording, you said this is the longest you've been at a place in a while. So mm-hmm. how has it changed since you've been there? Wow, not much. Uh, we changed buildings <laughs> at one point. Um, but in a, in a typical work week, we, um, we close the magazine on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, Friday comes around and we just start over again. Um, that's kind of our slower days. And then the crunch time is just Monday through Wednesday. I really can't do anything outside of work then just go to that. Oh, I, could just, I, do, I do improv th- Tuesday nights, Tuesday nights though. So, but nice. I can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, There's just too much to talk about with. That's the thing. <laughs> like we have to do, and we need to do an, an individual episode for each of these things that you're involved in, because I feel like it's just oh impossible gosh. to get it all in one. Um, 
yeah, so Monday through Wednesday is just ridiculous. Tuesday, we try to, we try to close, when I say close, we try to finish right. the pages to have the stories yeah. in and lock have the copy. ship to the printer. Yeah. yeah, lock things down. And then um, I, 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 I had a funny thing. I had the day off yesterday to go to this conference and everything just fell apart, got mm. torn up and rebuilt. So the funny thing is like you're a weekly and you respond to the daily stuff to whatever new crisis there is or a new sure whatever like a new shooting or i got another shooting so but that's the stuff i call my design director though when like a shooting happens or when like a white supremacist have when i have a rally i i I email my design director and go i want this yeah you know let me design this (laughs) so that's that's how i am that's yeah. a, so that's a perfect yeah that's a perfect segue then into what are your favorite things to work on like what do you get to like if you had your if they throw up five stories on the wall mm-hmm. you get to you get to work on one for that week what what are the ones you naturally gravitate to uh politics uh race relations um equal, any kind of like anything about equality you know um when we did the Women's March. We did a thing about uh, gender fluidity. I'm all in, I'm all about that. And then we do stories about Taylor Swift. My our, my my coworker Chelsea. She takes that. <laughs> that's her. Yeah. That, that's, that's that's her jam. So yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I, for some, I don't know how this happened. I I tend to get these stories, and I I I love it. You know. Is it because the purpose behind it bolsters the work that you do? Like yeah. you think yeah. what you, the out, your output is better because you could really Oh yeah, yeah, I always yeah. say this. If you care about the topic, you'll design a better product. You'll care. So occasionally I I get burnt out and like not care about something and go, oh, I just want to get this done." You yeah. know? And then my design director goes, "You know, no, no, you have to care about every page you work on." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm like this like this whiny little kid at work going, oh, "Okay, fine." You know? <laughs> Fine, I'll take the Taylor Swift, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I and I have one more question before we inevitably jump into final questions. But yeah. um, so the, fast! Oh my god, that's I, it, it goes so by. fast. Uh, but yeah. The um, yeah, but I've got I've got a good one on deck for final questions. So just if get ready. If it's not good now, Patrick, you've set yourself up for failure. It's it's incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I'm curious about the the time aspect. Uh, well, not the the name. Uh, mm-hmm. the, how long things last? Be, because yeah. you're dealing you're dealing with a publication that obviously comes and goes. So from that mm-hmm. standpoint, it's a short shelf life. On the yeah. other hand, you know, the, these articles that, you know, potentially print lives forever. Print lives forever. Like yeah. you could yeah, pick yeah. up an article 30 years from now. So what, what is your focus when you're working on something? Are you trying to achieve a sense of timelessness or are you trying to balance the fact that this might be very temporary? I'm, I'm more on the temporary side. I think just because the way we, even like the way we are physically, we're, God, what's the terminology? Saddle, saddle stitch. So we're just kind of like flat. We lay flat when you open up our magazine. Mm-hmm. Like magazines like National Geographic or Bon Appetit even, they're square bound or perfect bound. So you, yeah. those are the things you keep forever. We're kind of a little more disposable, you know? Um, but coming from newspapers, man, that was daily. That was just like gone. Just get it out Next the day, door. Get it out yeah, the that's, door. That's, yeah. Um, but the thing, even though even though that was daily, even though that even though we're weekly, we still have projects where we, where we take longer than that. So we don't like occasionally I'll do it. I'll do a, like a cover story in two days. Sometimes you have a project that's like two months. So you could be yeah. in the, you could be in the other 
bunker. That's that's that's, the, that's our room with no windows that you can work on stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a for me. I'm, I'm like I'm sitting here going. It takes a. I don't want to say a special person, but maybe that's the right the right word. That's what my mom it, it takes, me. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely takes a unique mindset for an artist, people creating creating something mm-hmm. to to have to come to grips with or have an understanding that what I'm creating absolutely needs to be something that is beautiful and that I stand by and that I will put my name on and, and that I get thrown away live. tomorrow. <laughs> but then but then <laughs> yeah. a person's gonna read half of it on yeah. On, on the subway and leave it on the on the seat. Like you've got to be able to be okay with with art being disposable on some level, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, that's just part of the game. I, I think you just have to do the best work you can and see what happens. Um, yeah. Like even today, I was I was a total total a total New York cliche. I was reading like my New Yorker magazine on the subway, and I'm just like flipping through things. I'm not yeah. reading it yet. So maybe that's, that's the thing with print. You could flip through it front to back. Back. Some people read from back to front. You put it back in your bag. It's still there. You can pull it out and keep going. You know? Those people are communists. Um, so, <laughs> um, when you said that you were you were doing like the kind of cliche quintessential New York vibe, I'm totally picturing you doing that with a black and white cookie in the other hand, oh, no, just, no, ready no. To, just ready to just ready to roll. I, I think I've only had that once in my life. Yeah. Oh, well, now you know what you get to do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, all right, so let me shift this into finals because we do want to be aware of your time and we do want to uh, keep this bite sized for everybody. Sure. Um, I first. Uh, encountered you because of this what has now become a ridiculous phenomenon uh which is the the quickie mickey challenge that jared Mm -hmm. uh mariama put out there for everybody and your work was um super fun like so you what was was it called mickey mech or something yeah mickey mech i did a spider thing right and then i did another one yeah it's just Got but then you ke- then you kept iterating and you kept yeah. creating more like this thing that was intended to be like a quickie Mickey challenge, which Not was like, at all. No. do it like by the time everything was said and done, it looks like you've put <laughs> a week and a half's worth of work into these little animations and I, you've gone. I, I, I did. <laughs> so tell me this. So here's what I want to know. And we won't go into the actual pieces. You can go to Instagram yeah, yeah. if you're listening and, and check out all the pieces. I think you ended up doing like three or four versions of them, including Donald yeah. at some point. Go, <laughs> yeah, go check was... those out on his Instagram. But I want to know at the root of it, are you a Disney guy? Um. I guess I have to say yes now because they own Marvel and Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, I, I grew up with that stuff, you know. Okay, uh, so so your your lack of passion in your answer is surprising to me, given oh how much time you spent on this deal. So, what was it about oh, the challenge that, that like, got you so geared up? I've never drawn Disney characters before. I can't even think of another time I did that. You know, there, there are like Star Wars characters I've not drawn and go, oh my gosh, I should try drawing IG-88 or something. Um, yeah. I think it's just my personality. I get obsessed with things. Um, I was just reading this article about saying how this one woman was like manic and she could just go crazy and do stuff and not sleep and not eat. That's me sometimes. Like if I get, if I get inspired, um, I make, it's like it's midnight and I'm making a cup of coffee, you know, so it's kind of, it's weird. I think all this stuff is very personality based. 
Yeah. I mean, I like newspapers and weekly magazines because I'm very in the present. I only do what's in front of me. Yeah. And if you ask me what I'm going to do in five years, I have no clue, you know? And I think with the Quickie Mickey, my Quickie one was 90 minutes. I think everything <laughs> other people did it in 10 or five yeah. or less. And then because I work in vector art, I keep looking at it and want to revise it. So I did right. a version two and then I go, and then I filled up the sketchbook pages of another mech, and this one had like the big arms, and and then it goes okay. It just so one thing leads to another, and you go okay. I think I think I gotta do Donald now, <laughs> and then I have to do them on a Street Fighter background and have them both move. I was like, oh, but I, but I, but I loved it though. Yeah. Oh, but the thing is, every time I do something like this, I learn. I'm, I'm still learning a new technique, or with the animation stuff. Um, I did this in Apple Keynote. Okay, of all of all things, because I'm just moving vector shapes. You a, ed- you edited those animations in Keynote. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> no, the thing is, I haven't touched After Effects since version five. This is pre sure. Creative Suite, so it's I don't even know how to use it now. And everything everything I see in After Effects is, is too. It's all rubbery. What's what's going on? I don't get it. But um. So this is right before, this is like end of April, beginning of May, and like Star Wars Day, Star Wars Day is May 4th, mm-hmm. and I did a Rose, Tico, and BB-8 fake, like a fake book, co- like a fake golden book cover. Right. And I, then I go, I'm like sketching, and I, and I go, oh shoot, I should animate this. And I go, oh my God, there goes my night. There goes, I just like, I gave myself a lot, a lot of work to do. And yeah. it was fun. I don't know. I, lo- I-, I love it. I love the personality <laughs> that you bring to this because it's it's not even that you because if I were to look at this, I would think, oh, this guy is Jared Mariyama in the sense that you've got walls and walls and walls and shelves and shelves and shelves filled with Disney stuff because of how much time you invested in this and how much. Uh-huh. But instead, it's just you have an obsessive personality who is who <laughs> cares about design and that's really all uh, it, you they were the method for you to do something new and fun yeah i mean I, <laughs> I, okay let's see everything around me is all practically star wars and lego yeah. and i do have um a don a mickey mini lego minifigure if that yep. helps <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you are a crazy Disney so fanatic. So <laughs> you you just said a, a buzzword for me, and What's this that? is this is where I'm taking it. Uh, oh, you said Lego, and oh, I no. I was just looking at your uh, Cloud Cuckoo Land uh, mech. Oh gosh, and, but uh-huh. you have you have a you have a whole freaking like uh, semi outdated Flickr account full of yeah. oh, Lego man, builds. You guys, and, you guys are going through all my accounts now. Okay. Yes. That's <laughs> part of the job. We got we got to do our research. I know I've got I've got to hear about the uh, the Lego obsession for a bit. Um that happened kind of recently. I mean, I, I I grew up with it. I grew up sure. having it before the minifigure. Mm-hmm. There's like these weird 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 people. And then my little brother and I had like the space set. That was just that like the best thing ever. And I have a, like a vintage set right behind me. And decades later, I, I, I pick up a set and go, oh, wow, they're so well designed. These pieces are different. I think it was like the Lego movie. I got the Metal Beer character and go, yeah. oh, oh, my gosh. And then I got this um, architecture set that's all white pieces. And then I went to, I kept, then I got obsessed. I kept going to start getting more pieces to go, okay, I'm going to use hinges to make elbows and 
knees, and then it got really out of control. So why? <laughs> but the why? same thing with the, with the, the, the obsession too. Yeah, I used to do all nighters making robots, you know, and like I get a new piece that could be a good little, like, like the mini ball joint can be like the best elbow or something. Sure. And then I get obsessed by buying sets just for the parts, and then I made a mech. My best mech was that the space classic space one, like the blue and the gray. Oh yeah, yeah. that one's killer. It's Absolutely, yeah, that, super like, good. that's still my favorite. But the thing is, I haven't done anything like that in two years, so it's kind of. Do you it's, keep it's, them? It's an, yeah, or do like you behind, do, like do you take me. them all apart? If I don't, if I don't like it, I take it apart. Let's say you probably have hundreds of dollars invested just to get all of the hinges. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wait, why why mechs? Oh, I grew up with robots and um, whatever. Um, my parents took me to Chinatown in San Francisco. I would. The first thing I asked for is um, Hetmean. See, Hetmean means metal person book. And okay. this was this was in the age of um, Star Blazers, Speed Racer, yeah. Shogun Warriors. So then I. It's funny, like they, those things progressed as I grew up. So then you got the Robotech, and then you got everything now. Like I, I can't even keep up with what's current. Like Overwatch, there's like Mechs in there too, or yeah. Mechs mm-hmm. and Titan. Yep. Titanfall. Yeah. I, I don't yep. know what's going on with current gaming. So, do you remember yeah. the uh, okay the Mech Warrior game? This was back on like Xbox, uh, like the first, the original Xbox. Like Armor Core. Ex- oh, well, no, yeah, they, I mean, they had Core? one. I remember Armor Core. That was great. Armor Core was good. Wasn't there one? Wasn't there a Mech Warrior that actually? Wait, was this the first Xbox or was this on PC? And you could buy like a three hundred and fifty dollar like three panel cockpit. Oh yeah, that like was controller. Uh, it was it was on Xbox or it was like PlayStation Virtual On or something. Um, I wanted that thing so bad, and I can't remember the name of it right now. And I, I obviously, my mom's not going to drop like I didn't right. have any money. I was a kid. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And my mom's not going to drop three hundred fifty dollars for a controller. But that that sounds right up your alley, though. I'm surprised you don't have like three sitting around. Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. Oh. Yes, the Steel Battalion controller I'm not was with that. crazy. Yeah. Oh, Google he it later. He doesn't yeah. have a TV, Patrick. <laughs> he doesn't, so, it doesn't matter about the TV. I just imagine you're pulling another all nighter, just sitting in your mech cockpit, <laughs> just yeah. hanging out. That's fine. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not working that scale yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. but you're working towards it. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Luke. All right, so my final one, I'm going to just ask about something you, you glossed over in our interview. You mm-hmm. said uh, you do improv, so tell us yeah. a little bit about improv. Um, that's something I've always wanted to do. The thing is, when I was in school, um, we were doing animation, and it was taught by Warner Brothers, feature animation at the time. Yeah. And then for spring break or any random time, we would take a trip and go see the studios and the and I, we, we, we stumbled across an improv class. I didn't even participate. And I, go, I watched it and go, oh, my God, this is so cool. People are just like yelling out words. And you you do this, you do that, you do that. Then fast forward decades later, um, I'm having a really horrible year. And then, you know, you go, oh, you got to take classes to better yourself and do finally do the things you want to do. And I go, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm, I love it. I love it. I'm currently at like a level five at the pit. Uh, the pit is um, people's improv theater, and it's kind of like this therapy too. Um, like I haven't seen a therapist in a year because I've been doing improv, and it's fun. It's it's the, it's the same obsessive 
the funny thing is there's this trend of uh, this, this connectedness of me being obsessed about something um, and the create the creative side of things. You're just you go can you go up on stage, someone says avocado, and you have to make up a scenario of an with related to avocado. Sure. You know, and you just go. And I think as an art director working with an illustrator, there's this back and forth. Yeah. And right. the con- the concept of yes and you go, okay, here's an idea. This is the fun so that's the fun part. Because I do both, I love working with illustrators and they send me a sketch and I go, okay, well, why don't you try this? Move this up, move this down. And they do it and they have a suggestion. And it's just like this back and forth. It's just like, go, go, go. It's and, like true collaboration. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. then and it's the, the creative side. You're just making stuff up as you go. And another thing, I've been reading this, reading this book um, by Del Close, who's um, kind of like the originator of improv in Chicago, Second City. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the book's called Truth and Comedy. And one of the first chap- one of the chapters says, the, the worst thing you could do as an improviser is try to be funny. Yeah. Hmm. And that's true. I mean, I think the funny thing is we're, even though we're level five, we're still making these mistakes where someone says something and you, you, start, you make an argument, you have, start a fight, or you negate their idea. And it's, when that stuff happens, you become a sitcom. You're mm-hmm. putting the other person down. Sure. While improv is more positive, it's like anything. Anything is possible. Yeah, you're making the you're making your partner a genius, and you're supporting them the whole time. Yeah. So it's just, it's I can't. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about like this this group mentality of making something good. Right. You know? So Time Magazine, newspapers, Lego, Star Wars, making movies, making animations, or Instagram. It's all. Okay, I know this is only audio, but I'm moving my hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's all related. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Is <laughs> so? Is that where the um, is that where the presentation karaoke karaoke came in? What was that oh, about? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, that, that was that was hilarious. This is this is back in Portland. Um, I wasn't doing improv yet, and but the thing is, I was doing. I I do speak at. Um, quick courses, workshops, um, design conferences. Yeah. Most of the, the, the newspaper ones at the time. And I don't write things down. I just kind of make a slideshow. I run it through in my head. Uh-huh. And then when I go up on stage, I, if I'm lost, I just hit the, hit the next slide. And that makes me think of a story to tell. Sure. So that's the same thing with improv. Like here, avocado, boom, I'm going to tell you about avocado toast. I'm going to tell you about da 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 And then with this improv... It was weird. You just go up on stage and you get a random PowerPoint presentation that you've never seen before. And I forget what mine was. I think it was like about cars. And you just kind of. I hope it was about avocados. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was about cars. And then I was just going off about it was like German cars, Japanese cars. And then I was. And your, your head goes to different places. And I'm thinking, oh, like the. World War Two, and then we were fighting them. With, now we're fighting them with cars, and we're making better cars. And I don't know how I got second place. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, a competition. Yeah, it's a competition. I, I got, I came in second place, and I got a fondue set. This sounds like a blast. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> I mean, 
You got a fondue the whole idea set. of a fondue set. That seems <laughs> honestly like the absolute perfect prize for something like yeah. this. It's totally random. Yeah, I, I love this was, idea so much. I know. I, I wish there was more. That's the only time I've ever seen it. I want to do a monthly or a weekly thing with that. You can, so people listening right now, you can't see this. Luke is just sweating bullets. Just the thought, yeah. uh, being the thought in, of having to be in no front of people and no, yeah. But this sounds it sounds like an absolute. I have so it did, I would my hands it. since you started talking. Did, did people try to sabotage you in the keynote? Like, will there purposely be like a wild card slide that you have to like talk oh, your way out I, of? I don't. I don't remember that. No, like someone's <laughs> vacation photo or something. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, but that's the thing. Okay, with like with improv. If someone brings something up that changes changes the situation, you got to go with it. Sure. Yeah, you roll. So yeah, so I'm talking about cars, Germany, Japan, blah blah blah, and then I see, hey, this is Bill up at in the Bahamas, you know, and he's a good guy. He, he he's owns a, he's a our, car. He's our best salesman, you know. Like, <laughs> so, so you just take it and go, you know. I love it. I, here's what I want to do: when you have time, I want. Like you, me, and Patrick, Luke can watch. I'll just watch. Uh, I want us to to do this because I think, uh, and we'll just record it. It'll be a special episode because that sounds like a blast. Well, let's go to New York, or, or we'll go to New York. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, this will this will be perfect for our YouTube channel, and just do this competition, and uh, we'll have impartial people judge us. I would prefer it can, though if we got to make each other's keynotes. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, you gotta get you just gotta get some random random one online just somewhere. It. Yeah, yeah, just download and, it from somewhere. Uh, that's good. That um, makes it okay. even funnier. So, um, tell everybody where they can find you, they can follow you, where they can see your next uh, improv show, all of that <laughs> oh, stuff. Gosh. Tell tell everybody where they can support you. Sure. Um, my website is uh, omg.com. O h m g e e. And my Instagram is OMG with a Z though because I was stupid and not I didn't get I didn't get my name in time, so it's O H M G E E with a Z. Um, Time.com is where I work, and you can see what we do there. Uh, we're at the newsstand. You can pick us up there. Um, <laughs> Ever no, heard of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have a Twitch. I'm kind of like behind the curve here. Um, oh. Well, you've yeah. got an improv class, which <laughs> oh, is yeah. way ahead of where we are. Yeah, so that's uh, – I think that's coming up in June. You know what? None of my friends have gone to this thing. <laughs> oh, I only have one friend who has gone to this, to one of my shows. Or she's gone, she's gone to two of them. Yeah, all my non-improv friends have not come to these things. Is this Caitlin Can- or whatever her name is? Is that who it is? No. No. Can I can I put this challenge out there then? If you're listening to this episode <laughs> oh, no, and you no, li- no. and you live in New York, he's gonna give he's gonna give the address to this place, or he's gonna tell where to go see it. Uh, it's, um, the, it's a pit go, around, around the Flatiron. <laughs> okay, go see go see him after the show. Go up to him and tell him that you heard him on the show. And get a photo together and tweet that out and tag oh us in God. it. No, here's That's, the thing. If you take a picture with him holding an avocado, I will send you a 24 <laughs> we will, by 36 we will send mono you, print. 100%. Yeah, we'll, we will send you two because I'll front one and Patrick will front <laughs> I, one. We I will, will send, send you. Go go meet him. Take a picture with an avocado. I'll send you a 24 by 36 mono print. It'll be legit. Something sold out. Yeah. Okay. Out so okay, so where? <laughs> Where can they find it? Where can they find you at that uh, it's place? It's Pit in um, okay. Manhattan. Uh, what's what's okay. the date? Twenty third, twenty fourth Street. Uh, okay. Date 
Sometime in June. Sorry. Sometime in June. No, it's fine. Sometime in June. That's close. Yeah, give him a little homework. A little homework. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Follow Martin on Instagram. Go check out the pit and make sure that they're doing it and all that stuff. You guys can stalk me online. I'm sure everybody else can too. Yeah. 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 If we can find you, literally anybody can. Um, You're super awesome. Can you, before we head out of here, can you do us a favor and help us pick tokens? Sure, sure. Awesome. Well, that's going to be it for the interview portion. (laughs) And up next, we're going to draw some tokens. The tokens portion every week is when we get to figure out the categories we have for the following week. That's what we use to pick our topics off of um, for our master category episode. That's how it works. So I'm going to give you uh, these three choices, right? I'm going to put them face down on my desk. I'm going to shuffle these up. I can't see what they are. You can't see what they are, but I need you to give me a number between one and three, and you'll pick for me. Okay, uh, let's do three. I got TV and film. Thank you so much. All right, cool. um, give me a number of one or two, and you'll be picking for Patrick. Uh, two, one. Patrick, you got toys and games. That means, Luke, you have art and design. Got it. Um you are an absolute blast. I'm so glad that we got to connect with you. And there's so many more questions. So the next time that we are in New York, um, we will definitely hit you yeah, up. That'd be fun. At <laughs> least for a tour of Time Magazine. If nothing else, then go get a beer and watch you do improv. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you can find him at all of his social stuff. You can go to our uh, go to our page and see the show notes and links to all the stuff that we talked about with him in this episode you can find an archive full of incredibly talented other guests that we've had in the four years we've been doing this show um that's a crazy amount of time over 300 episodes there is something for you if you are listening to this and maybe this is maybe you're new to the show uh, maybe this is your very first time go back and see some of the incredibly talented <laughs> guests that we have had on um jared mariyama has been on several times so if you if that n- name struck a chord with you go back and find anything tagged with him in it um but uh while you're there you can also support the show on patreon go to patreon.com slash m of one podcast to throw a couple bucks in the proverbial bucket it helps out uh so so much you can support the show um going to shop.mofonepodcast.com you could support the show and get some cool swag out of it you can go to m of one podcast on all the different social platforms including youtube uh where we have some uh videos on there and we have some new stuff getting ready to uh, come out over there. We're kind of retooling how we do YouTube. So stay tuned, um, to that, but like subscribe, share rate review on all the different platforms, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google play stitcher, wherever podcasts are happening. That's where we are. Um, but, uh, is there anything else? Am I I missing anything else? Patrick? Okay, I think I think we're good. Oh, join the Discord family. Join the conversation. Go to mfonpodcast.com slash family and be and join the conversation. But I think for now we're gonna jump out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. And I'm Martin. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. May the force be with you.